0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fam, Friends, and Magic, a Magic the Gathering podcast brought to you by Swagoid Gaming. My name is Bill Grennan. everyone calls me Brasky, and today I am joined by Lady of the Crease, Nicole Callahan, and Inextrad, Nick Price. What's up, fam?
1: Hey, how do you? What's hey. up?
0: Hey, what's up? It's great to see everybody. You might have noticed that, that we do not have uh, a mighty linguine of Caroline Kavanaugh with us for this podcast. Instead, we are going to be joined by uh, Swagoi team captain, Nicole Callahan, and fresh off of their uh, performance in the Kaldheim Championship in Extrad. It was was an eventful weekend, to say the least, wasn't it? Yeah,
2: and in fact, that's probably why Caroline isn't on the show, right? Um, She said that I couldn't be on the show this week unless I won, and I didn't win, and I'm on the show. So maybe that meant that I couldn't be on the show with her so oh yeah there was a le- it
0: was a legal yes. loophole that we kind of had to work through there
2: we're just doing it in secret mm-hmm.
0: yeah precisely i mean yeah. it, all, all of this, this makes is, this is right a street
2: now. podcast yeah. it's like a, it's a back alley yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah of course that's how we we do our casting in the yes. shadows yeah that's how we roll of course. Of course, uh, what are we talking about, the big things uh, the, of this past weekend? Well, obviously, when we're talking about what were the big things of this past weekend, we're talking about the fact that the uh, <clears throat> the Final Four of MTG Dogs is happening right now. And uh, it's sponsored by uh, Cool Stuff, Inc. And uh, a, certain, a certain pupper, a certain doggo, a certain what, what shall we call good boy, uh, is currently in the Final Four, uh, that is Karn, who I believe uh, belongs, is Karn of the Crease, if I'm not mistaken. Correct, Nicole? That is your puppy?
1: It's he, actually Karn Liberated Davis is his full name.
0: Wow. Carn he, liberated, liberated Davis.
1: Because he has no pants. So. Of course. He, he had to be liberated.
0: No pants, he's feeling free. <laughs> but currently Karn is up against uh, uh, Beignet, Beignet, which, yes, good old Beignet, which I see Beignet. Beignet is being pulled in like a, in a red wagon, but except it's gray. So minus points there, Beignet. <laughs> Secondly, uh, you're named after a two snooty uh, French pastry. So more minus points there. I can't, if I minus them any lo- if I minus them any more, they would no longer be a planeswalker. Karn can stick around for a while. And right now Karn is in a dead heat in the final four of mtg dogs that i think was the most important magic thing that is going on uh this past weekend and going on to this next weekend is there anything else that i think we yeah were
2: missing? Uh, our tens of readers please go back in time and vote for Karn to i mean <laughs> make like the fairy and and enter a time vortex
0: yeah exactly i think that's a well let's let's be honest here nicole if Karn wins this when is the final of the MTG dogs. It's turnout.
1: actually Wednesday, the 31st. So it will gotcha. still be in the past. But if at, at that point, Karn has lost, I want our, our tens of listeners to go and demand a recount.
0: Yes, so. I think we need to demand <laughs> a recount. And then if that doesn't work, just tell them that you tried to vote and you got disconnected. So we have to start over.
1: <laughs> so I'm pretty that sure I've, that's how it works. Yes,
0: I think that's exactly how those things go. I think Karn exactly will restart I mean. the game. Yes. That's it. Carn- well, no, then he'd be called Teferi, I think. Uh, uh, that, that's, that's what the puppy... Oh, yeah.
2: I, I did just remember that there was another magic thing that happened over the weekend. Um, oh, and that was... Oh, yeah, the Call the Time Championships.
0: Ah, Call Time Championship. <laughs> that's right. There was a little thing that we called the Call Time Championship, which I believe we'll, we're going to dive uh, pretty deep into it in terms of the experience of one Nick Price uh, as we talk about the Call Time Championship but before we get to that we always have to start off with how our week in magic was and uh, you know we'll we'll talk a good amount of how Nick's week in magic was so I'd like to just know a little bit Nicole how was your week in magic
1: I actually took a few days off and totally unplugged went to like a little camping thing in in the woods in the middle of like the Catskills in upstate New York so I was detached from all electronics but we did bring our cube, which is unpowered, and a few jumpstart packs. So, got my fill of magic that way. And also, did get like a five minute reprieve to come back into Discord uh, the start of day one competition yeah. to give Nick an impassioned speech about climbing a mountain or something. That was awesome.
2: (laughs) That that really got me ready. And I think that's part of the reason why I did so well on day one. So thank you for that.
1: Yes, I agree. Oh, I should have given you the mountain speech on day two too. Oh, I was about to climb a mountain and uh, I was, I was on the, they put me on the spot to like give a really big, like emotional speech, you know, motivated speech. And I just, I just, I, I knocked it out of the park though. So that's, that's, that is,
0: that's what captains do right there. Did you picture yourself like as, as Bill Pullman and independence day? Like you were just like getting ready to save the planet with this one speech kind of thing.
1: See, see, I was like, I was channeling my, you ever seen Miracle? Yes. My inner herb. Yeah. That's, that's what I was doing. I was was coaching the 1980 U S Olympic team. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I think that makes, that makes complete sense. And had, had Nick have won the whole thing, which spoilers, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. We don't know. We'll find out a little bit later as you watch this <laughs> podcast. That's how you, that's how you beat him. That's how you beat him for the later, later Ooh, part like there. It. But if he does win, then you absolutely know that, uh, well, we, we would have called it what the miracle on cards, miracle on cardboard. <laughs> what we would have done right there. That's the, that's the question. Sleeved miracle. That's what it is.
1: Oh, I like that. Yeah, I mean, miracle is already a mechanic and magic, so miracle kind of slides it. It's away. true,
0: it's so. true. We'll call Nick's victory terminus, and then just wow. and then we're good from there because he destroyed his that whole really competition. Heavy. Well,
2: I I, I would have put them on the bottom of the library, but yeah,
0: it's true. But you and then you, of course, were at the top.
2: Okay, of makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. See,
0: oh man, this is even oh, more. I passion. like it. I like you this. I like that we're going with this. Yes. <laughs> When it, okay, this is perfect. This is perfect. So I have this all set up, Nick. All you have to do now is go and and basically win a PT. So if you could do that for me, then I think this book writes itself. Okay? I'm trying.
2: Uh, that that that. Like, I'm trying. <laughs>
0: i I appreciate it i appreciate it and i gotta say nicole if you're just like disconnecting from the game like digitally and just disconnecting from you know the interwebs for a while it's got to be a little fun though just to like you brought along a cube and a couple jumpstart packs that's also just kind of like oh yeah this is the way you you used to play magic this is the way we like to play magic at the same time
1: (laughs) yeah it's like you know my delkin shackles and uh Gosh, what? I I drafted some really cool like black like graveyardy decks and stuff like fun synergy like cube grid drafting and things like that like that's 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 magic how how Garfield intended I believe right
2: I've like, <laughs> never actually played Magic outdoors it must be nice
0: Bitter outdoor Magic yeah all that fun you can, stuff that's a thing make an outdoor Magic cube that has nothing but like flowers and plant life and that kind of thing but you can only oh, like play outside tree
2: folk for green. <laughs> Yeah, yeah for, a lot of tree yeah. folk,
0: a lot of dryads going on around the yeah. place. Yeah, that's working on that for the next time around. Somebody who's listening to the podcast, I want you to uh, to tweet at us at Swagoi Gaming with your cube list, knowing that everything in there has to be somehow outdoors-related, plant-related, something like that. That's what Wild I want to see as a Cuban. Wildfires up there? I mean, <laughs> it's kind of destructive, but sure. Dark I mean, typhoon? Now we'll we, be in that, yeah. yeah, we went a little bit dark with yeah. it. You know, I, th- I guess, I guess if you're doing that, then like global warming is hitting your cube and now you have shark typhoons running around. Side
2: Crusher. Yeah. 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 Perfect. You know. uh-huh. I like
0: Perfect. it. Perfect. And Nick, be, beyond, uh, beyond what we'll discuss in the call time championship, how, how else was the rest of your week? Imagine. I
2: mean, that was pretty much it, right? Like I, I, um, I, I will say that after, um, cause spoilers, I did not make top eight, um, to wind down from, from the, the two days of the Time championship, I did what I usually do when I need to de-stress and relax while playing magic. And I, I, I did the, I entered the pioneer challenge with blue eye control. Um, and I had a re- really relaxing Sunday playing seven rounds of, of blue eye control in pioneer.
0: And that's gotta be also, but it's, it'll be a little bit fun. Cause after, and it, I, this is, I guess what I want to know is like after going through like call time championship and that kind of, high stakes i would assume kind of high stress environment at that point you know just playing low stress low stakes like you've already you've already done the really stressful stuff so you can just sit back and play the game however you want to play it that's just kind of the the fun thing to do uh, to kind of disconnect you or recharge you after a, a very very high stakes trip. yeah
2: i mean i have i, I think I, I mentioned it like the first time i came on the pod but but i I spend the lead up to the tournament being extremely anxious and stressed and and just sweating it. And then when I when the tournament starts, I, I don't feel stressed at all. I'm laser focused on on the task at hand, you know, whether it's winning the match then the next match or like making day two or doing well in day two. And then after that, I'm just so exhausted from from being so focused and and in the zone that I just sleep for ten to twelve hours and then I just want to do something relaxing the next day, which, Usually means drafting or playing blue-white control.
0: That's that just helps me know that when I do play all my control decks, that all I am doing is just contributing to the Zen that that should that needs to exist yeah, in that. Yeah. There needs to be more blue-white control. Perhaps
2: some grits. There's barely in there any well. combat math, right? <laughs> so it, your decisions are pretty, like they're pretty granular in the sense that do you counter this threat? Like would you get the dig through time? Like you're not you don't have to worry too much about about uh, this creature needs to be able to block this creature so that it, on the backswing I can be, you know, like I, I was doing that in at the tournament, so I, I wanted to do something completely different
0: i like it i like it and well if there's folks out there that do like to play blue white control in any of the formats they like to play in uh we would love to see them do that in any of the upcoming events that are happening in the world of magic which is that part that we like to discuss it's kind of weird caroline's not here to do this so i'm going to do my best to kind of give us the rundown of each of these events uh but it's just it's not i I don't think i'm going to be as fluid i don't know i'm not going to have as uh great insight into some of these events but i'm going to do my darn. also are we going to have the (laughs) news
1: lasers though
2: yes i will not but also don't don't play blue white control in any competitive format ever please it's it's not good disclaimer
0: way to bury the lead there nick come on (laughs) jeez my goodness well if you are going to play blue white control against the best advice of inextrad nick price you can start by looking into some of the events like the uh tgs signature series on mtg arena uh, which is, you know, it's kind of, you know, call time. Championship is in the rearview mirror, so you can give some of those things a try. It's a tier one, five thousand dollars standard open number two, and I believe it starts up Saturday at uh, eleven a.m. Mountain Time is when you can jump into that one. Then there's also going to be the MTG Historic subreddit, Time Tournament number 4, which will uh, happen starting at noon Mountain Time on Saturday as well. It's another great attempt to kind of jump into the, the twilight of Kaldheim before Strixhaven comes out. There's a 5K Strixhaven Championship Qualifier uh, that is going to be happening as well, which should be uh, a lot of fun. I believe that's the uh, SCG Tour. The Championship Qualifier is going to be that one, and those things uh always a lot of Swigoy folks participate in those events. It's always kind of cool to see. It's it's one of those things where it's it can be high stakes if you want it to be. It can also be low stakes if you want it to be. It's a nice kind of great way to engage with competitive magic and one of those fun events where, you know, if you end up doing well, then good things can happen uh, maybe later on down the season as well. And then, of course, you have the uh, Insight Esports. Well, I did the Insight Esports 5000 series open, and then there's going to be a TGS Signature Series uh, MTG Arena tournament that's happening on Sunday at 10 a.m mountain time. All of those different events are going to be happening. You can find just about anything you want to over on MTGMelee.com. They're not really a sponsor of this podcast or anything like that, but they're always a great way to kind of search through all the different tournament organizers and find the way in which you want to connect with the competitive game of Magic. So, between MTG Historic, we got Strixhaven Championship qualifiers, lots of things going on this weekend. Uh, you know, Caroline from a, from a team perspective of uh the the Swigoi Magic team uh, you know, we had a good handful of folks participating in the the championship this past weekend, either as a player or as a caster, and now we have just kind of uh, sort of the latter half of call time coming through. What's your sense of how uh, players are feeling about you know competitive events here in these you know next few weekends before Strixhaven really ramps up and
2: releases? R- Rasky, oh, first of all, Caroline's not on the podcast. Second, how oh. how was your weekend, Magic? <laughs>
0: Well, we don't we don't need to discuss my week in magic. We will after we talk about these different events. I'll give you the rundown because that spoilers. Something
2: really fun yeah, happened. Yeah, I saw it. I, I, I brought it up because I wanted <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to talk about it. But okay.
1: <laughs> so no, this is it. See, reel them in and then get them to stick around. <laughs> exactly.
0: I will say the one thing I have to say about it: it is shiny and was quite enjoyable to find. Now, Nicole. Your perspective, please, on uh, how the team has been doing and looking forward to in the post calltime Championship world.
1: We've actually been doing a lot of testing, like to the point where uh, between uh, the VML, which uh, was standard, and then obviously the Caltime Championship, which was standard and historic, we have been grinding a lot of standard and historic to the point where we all pretty much like had our standard decks, have our historic decks. So this weekend, um, although you know the events are great, like if you want to like... A, a, it's definitely much lower stakes than, you know, the the Caldheim Championship was. So like Nick said, it's a little more laid back. You could just bring the deck that you like to play, relax, you know, play seven rounds. If you top eight, great. If you don't, at least you play your favorite deck. Um, and with another set around the corner, you know, kind of watching all those spoilers and things come out. But just enjoy the decks while we have them before... You know, historic gets the shakeup and before a standard gets their shakeup and everything like that. Although I will say, this, uh, the uh, gaming stadium, the TGS standard 2K this Sunday, I will be doing commentary on that. So uh, make sure you tune in and cheer me on.
0: <laughs> cheer- I guess I that's what that you do with works. coverage teams. <laughs> I think I, I mean there's know. plenty of people cheering Hayu on during the the coverage team. So that I was like, is yeah, Hayu's doing great. So we can do the same thing
1: for you. Hayu did an exceptional job this weekend. Um I was able to catch her for a bit on the Saturday on the day 2 during round 3. Uh round 3 of day 2. So what is that round 10 technically? Yep. There there but I, yeah, <laughs> I can I can't it do is, that. Yeah, it so is <laughs> bad. but yeah, she Haiyu obviously did a phenomenal job. So you know, hoping to get some people tuned in this coming Sunday for that Standard tournament. But it is it is really cool because I feel like Standard and Historic are, are pretty healthy right now. Historic may be a few too many mayhem devils for my liking. But besides that, uh, really good, really healthy formats. And we'll, we'll get into that a little more in a minute.
0: Yeah, we absolutely will. As we jump into uh, exactly what we were talking about a little bit earlier, which is the Time Championship recap. And, uh, you know, before we get into that, I will say uh, I spent most of my time this past week with Magic uh, just watching different, uh, just watching the Time Championship throughout the weekend, rooting on all the folks uh, that were, you know, either a part of Team Swagoy or connected with it in some way. So it was fun to kind of Rudon, you know, Kabir and Autumn, who tested with a bunch of members of the team, to Rudon, Nick, as he was battling his way through day one and two, and then also to see Hayu, who did an awesome job in coverage. And I knew everything. It was such good juju that uh, I basically went out uh, and I was running some errands. And, you know, Time Spiral Remastered is basically sold out anywhere that you could possibly find it. So, uh, moseying my way about Target as I do. Uh, I found that there were like just two, three packs of Time Spiral and left in this random target. And I said, and they were like in the back of the shelf kind of things. I was like, oh, no one knows that these are here. I'm getting them. I have to, I must. So I grabbed them, bought them with the rest of my stuff, came home, cracked open some packs, looked at like a bunch of really cool uh, time-shifted cards and ways in which I was like, oh, nice. I liked really what I opened up. My very last pack, I opened it up and I cracked a foil time-shifted Thoughtseize. At which point I've now realized <laughs> that that will pay for all of my all of my magic for the rest of the year.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, are you gonna, are you gonna like? unload it right away or are you gonna hold on to it for a bit because i can't see that going it. down yeah i i, yeah, I mean you i'm know.
0: holding on to it for a little bit i think it's gonna it's in a fire safe uh is kind of where it sits right now so if the rest of my apartment burns down i can rebuild my entire <laughs> life off of that singular thought seat.
1: <laughs> you could you pretty pretty much i
0: just looked up how pretty much, much. <laughs> that goes
1: for
2: Damn. I, I need to look now
0: yeah and that's the only time i've ever opened a pack and verbally said oh my god <laughs> And just over and over again said it. And then my neighbor right next door to me sent me a text because we're friends. And she was like, are you okay? I was like, everything is fine. And when you say that, when you say everything is fine in that way, you like, they still think nothing is fine. Like everything's not fine. I'm like, no, trust me. Everything is fine. I would just, you wouldn't, you, you don't play magic. You don't. Yeah, that, and oh my, that's just kind of how it went. Goodness gracious. That, that
2: is in the words <laughs> of Swagoi teammate, Mr. Dualshed, the good, good. Yes. <laughs>
0: Yes. Hashtag the good, good. That's what we want to see. That's what will be a part of this, of this, of this podcast is hashtag the good, good.
1: I'm really upset that you said that because I actually went to a Walmart today and I found like 15 packs of it. I bought it for the intentions of putting it in my son's Easter basket. So they're like staring at me. Jim already opened like four of them. I'm like, stop, you have to leave some for Easter. But so they're staring at me over there and I kind of want to crack one now, but I can't do it. I'm getting like so itchy fingers. I guess this, oh,
0: that, yeah, that. Yeah, I could a little crack a pack on the podcast. Well, this is the thing I need to, <laughs> before we crack a pack on the podcast, maybe at the end of this podcast, Ooh. we'll crack a pack at the end of the podcast, that that gives folks an, even more things to look forward to. <laughs> I got to say this as someone who is not a parent uh, and it, I am apparently not a parent, so with that knowledge, I just need to know this if you got you know if the Easter Bunny say got your your offspring some time spiral or master packs and they crack a foil thought seat <laughs> does the Easter Bunny then come back and say you get all of them but that do they get to hold on to said card what is what is the parent move there?
1: Well actually, because what my son enjoys doing, he likes pack wars so he has no interest in actually like keeping the cards Ooh. he just likes to pack war with them and like Jim kind of runs the collection. Like if I ever need a deck, I'm like I need Tron in modern and he just builds it and gives it to me. You know, like he's the one that's in charge of like making sure we have whatever cards we need, buying or borrowing or whatever. So all the cards go to him. But Jim, uh, John just cracks packs, likes to pack war and then then he's done with them.
0: So basically what you're saying is that you play crack pack pack war with your child? But then, if they play a foil time shifted thought sees, you have to keep like the best poker face imaginable. Yes, <laughs> and just go. Yes, that was a good. Well done. Good cards, you, you son. Take two. I will now take yeah. these cards.
1: Right. Don't go wash your hands. Don't touch them again.
0: <laughs> yes. Go wash your hands. Don't. T- we will now be playing Time Spiral Remaster Crack Pack ba- Crackback Pack Battle with gloves on. Yes. <laughs> we will only. We we have to wear gloves as we pay this one. That's the, that'll, you know, when, when he graduate, when he graduates college, do the same thing with a pack battle. Just do it with packs from antiquities. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what it's going to be. Exactly. Awesome. So, uh, so that's the big question, Nicole, are we going to crack a pack at the end of this cast? Yes. I think no? we can do that. I like this. idea. I like it. I, like I, this idea. I,
1: I only needed a little bit of pushing. I was already like this close to wanted to open it myself. So
0: <laughs> well, if it's, if it's one thing Nick and I are good at, it's enabling people to make mistakes. So. With that knowledge, we're going to talk about the biggest mistake that anyone could have made, and that was playing Nick's decks in the Callheim Championship. I'm just yeah. kidding. Nick did a fabulous job in the Callheim Championship. He managed to uh, to do really, really well. In fact, you know, Nick, why don't you just give us a brief rundown of uh, of how your your time Championship? All
2: right. So I finished um, eight and seven. Uh, that doesn't sound great. Um, and in fact, I, I finished short of qualifying for the strixhaven championship i needed at least one more win definitely two to lock it up and um it was a bit sad because i finished uh six and one after day one so i felt like that was like my best ever finish at a premiere event it was my my fifth pt level event and it was the first time that i had finished day one doing so well Um, so i was pretty sad to not Do not do better than eight and seven, but like the whole the whole weekend, I just played against insane players. I played against um, LSV, my my favorite player. I played against Shota, my second favorite player. I played against Luis Salvato, my third favorite player. So you know, like it was actually just an amazing experience, and I would. Like, I would basically do anything to, to qualify for the next one. So I'm going to be back in the, in the mean streets of the arena qualifiers and, and Magic Online. Um, I played Naya Tokens in Standard and John Food in Historic. Um, it's interesting. I, I tested with the eventual champion, Arna Hushenbeth. I, I tested with that team of grinders, including Austin Bersovic, uh, Aralf Severin, basically just, like, amazing members of, of the Rivals League. And I did not end up on either of the decks that most of the team members decided to bring. I didn't play Rogues or Auras. That's definitely something that looking back was a mistake that I just didn't trust the team enough or I didn't trust myself to be able to play the team decks well. So I brought two different decks. And I mean, I was still kind of happy with my choice, but I know that I should have just probably stuck to the deck that everyone else was playing.
0: Yeah, you you bring up a good... Uh, kind of breakdown right there of a lot of things that we saw between uh, folks that don't know that, you know, if, if, as we covered in uh, the cast last week uh, with Kabir was that uh, each day was split between standard mm-hmm. and historic. So you're kind of had to kind of have have uh, dip a toe into both formats, so to speak. And really the standard, I guess we can kind of break it down a little bit between standard and historic there. The standard metagame was you know, a kind of kind of all over the place. It was kind of a, a cool balance of Soul Tide Ultimatum. You had Team Adventures, Mono Red Aggro, Cycling still sticking around. Um, but it seemed that the the hot pick in a lot of ways, and, and Kabir brought this deck, it, but unfortunately ran into some bad matchups with that one, was this Demir Rogues deck. Uh, you know, talk a little bit about how that standard metagame broke down, especially with comparing it to like what you brought. And did you really think did you think you probably should have brought Rogues yourself, or was it just something that you know, was this a was this a metagame call where if you if you had made the right call of rogues, things would have turned out drastically different for you, or was it one of those things that it really was more about playing the decks the right way and getting the right
2: magic? Yeah, so um, when the eventual um, metagame breakdown came out, we weren't super surprised by what we saw. We we expected that that Sultai Ultimatum would be the best deck, but not by a lot. So, um, you know, w- the biggest surprise really was that. There were more mono red decks than we expected but other than that it kind of went as expected including the number of rogues decks so the the way standard um like broke down you you could do well just bringing a deck that you felt comfortable with it was very difficult we found to get a significant edge in the current metagame because there are just so many like decent viable decks so for for the rest of the team rogues was a great way to be able to beat Sultai with with a suite of counter spells like Drown in the Lock and and you know like more counter spells from the sideboard, while also having great um you know decent game against the creature decks of the format with all the the black removal spells and the quick lock. Um, the reason I played um the Naya tokens deck, which is a it's all it's also an adventures deck, but it's a faster adventures deck that takes advantage of four drops like Toski, uh Showdown of the Scalds and Fellidar Retreat, is because I just I just really loved how that deck could get free wins by exploding on turn two with like turn one Jasper Sentinel, turn two Clarion Spirit one drops, and you just flood the board really quickly, and it makes any like it makes other decks just have a really hard time trying to keep up with you. And I'm really grateful for Simon Nielsen and like Eli Loveman for working on that deck because I would not have have landed anywhere near that deck had I not like trusted their expertise on it
0: yeah nicole was there something that stood out to you about when you looked at the the standard metagame was there when you know looking at some of the decks out there and how some of these things performed as well what was did something like pop out to you
1: well actually it's something that nick Nick mentioned that i actually wanted to dig a little more i was surprised by the amount of mono red in standard uh it was the third most played deck in the field and i i'm trying to figure out like why because i i don't i didn't i felt like there are just decks that are are doing more powerful things like ultimatum or you know decks that can have that same sort of aggressive like cycling or Demir rogues or something like that like why mono red why was it so popular was it people that like qualified for the event through like historic or limited or something like that and they just wanted like a, a very straightforward deck to play you know, I, I'm not sure exactly why there were so many mono-red. It was almost 17% of the field.
2: Yeah, I think... So, it just... I think there are a couple of reason for, reasons for that. And one, I, I think that you're right in that people qualified from a lot of different formats. Like, there, there were, like, a lot of qualifiers for Magic Online and Limited and, and Legacy and stuff like that. So... So, given how flat the format was in terms of win rate, like it was very difficult to get a significant edge in a lot of matchups. I think it made sense to play a deck, to play the most aggressive deck in the format, which is kind of why I chose the Naya Tokens deck. I just wanted to to, to get free wins. So Embercleave is, as you know, Nicole. Embercleave is is <laughs> no matter what the rest of the format looks like, Embercleave is going to be one of the easiest ways to get free wins in standard.
1: Yes, makes sense. It makes sense. Anytime you can yeah. drop like a turn, turn three, turn four, and Berkeley, just like, well,
0: <laughs> yeah, your opponent's like, well, guess I'll die now. Like that's <laughs> kind of usually how that goes. Yeah, it makes a lot of that makes a lot of sense. And so we go from the standard metagame to that historic metagame, which you know, Junsack. Is it, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not really a topic of debate. What's the most powerful deck in historic and John, Jun sacrifice, whether it be the collected company version or the food version is, is noted, is notably most people consider like hands down the best deck in historic. The question was how much of the field was it going to make up? And I know that there were some folks saying, well, it could make up a fourth of the field, 25%. There are other folks that said it could make up, or it should even, it should make up 40 to 50% of the field. Instead, it turned out to be about 31.3% of the field. And you could tell that there was a lot of deck choices based around how many people they thought, how many people thought Sack was going to show up. And then there was a lot of people that, well, there was a lot of people that said, I'm just going to bring the best deck. There were some folks who say, I want to bring the deck that beats the best deck. And there was a lot of folks that said, I'm going to bring the deck that beats all of the decks that beat the best deck. That's kind of what we saw from that kind of breakdown right there. So, you know, Nick, you brought uh you brought a Jun deck to the historic uh part of this championship. So talk a little bit about uh, the deck choice that you brought there, as well as, you know, some of your playtest group and and were there any other I think Historic had a couple of a couple of deck choices that were a little bit out there. Were there any specific ones that like really popped out You'd to you be like, okay, what is this? Is this a complete meme or this actually has some legs too?
2: Yeah. So I brought Jun food because um my reasoning was that if 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 people are going to be bringing decks that are packed with yasharn and that have Grafdigger's diggers cage in the main deck like some blue white control decks did if people are going to be looking to hate out the john food deck so much shouldn't i just be playing that that deck because it's so good like if if people need to contort their game plans to be able to deal with with the cat oven combo or or Mayhem Devil, then I should probably just bring the deck that that is good enough to, to to warrant so much hate. And I think I think it worked out for me on day one, um, because on day one, I played against a bunch of um, random matchups. I played against Paradox Engine Combo. I played against Blue-Black God Gift. I played against the Channel Fireball Abzan deck. That was my matchup against LSV, which I did not think I was going to win, because that deck was designed to beat food. and And did you yeah
0: did you did you oh yeah I, I,
2: i i i won um like he flooded out um a bit and i i made some kind of questionable plays that that went that panned out well in the end for me because he flooded out so my i think my deck choice is really good on day one because on day one you're going to see more random decks that think that they can beat Jun Fu but really can't and then that's why on day two, I lost the last five rounds, the last five historic rounds of the tournament, because I ran into the decks that that actually could beat Jun food. I played against the Auras deck that the rest of my team brought. I played against the, the Bant deck, which was basically the Tide deck from last season without Uru, and it was just like um, growth spiral into Yashar and into Nyssa, which is very difficult for Jun food to beat. So... I definitely learned that I should consider more, I, I should consider other options more. Um, the reason why th- uh, my teammates chose to play Auras is that Auras actually had a decent matchup against Jun Food. It, do- it doesn't sound like it does because we have Claim the Firstborn, we have Witch's Oven, we have a bunch of removal spells in the sideboard, we have Mayhem Devil, but it just turned out that making it a 15 15 thing. Um, was hard to deal with without specifically claiming the Firstborn. Uh, and that deck had a kind of even matchup against Auras, but it also just crushed everything else in the field. And that was also the, like a really good place to be. Because if the Jun decks are going to be um, suppressed by these Bant, the Yasharn decks, by the Abzan deck, then I think that a deck that beats the rest of the field is really, re- is really well positioned.
0: Yeah. It, it, there's one thing that I saw when you talk about some of those other uh decks and things you saw out there i was like what is wait hold on a second five colored niv mizzet <laughs> why yes please i'll take four
1: that would be under the other category i believe yep yeah.
0: i think that would be under the other ca- that's that would that is what i would do i would like if i ever got to compete in one of these events i i normally would be like all right what's the off meta pick that i can make but i would specifically call the deck that's like what are you doing what are you playing i'm playing grixis other like that's it. No, no other information about the deck. You just got. You just know that I'm playing Grixis other, and that's what it's gonna be.
2: Yeah, not cycling. There was a lot of
1: sweet stuff. C- cycling, which actually. Yeah, there was there a
2: the cycling deck that that um. There was and there were five and Alvato, people. And, yeah, that deck was the hollow one deck. It's yeah. historic,
1: yeah. that not mm-hmm. standard. It was ten percent of standard. It's also. Two and a half percent of historic. Why is cycling just everywhere? It never, Cycling is never going to go away. It's never. It's always going to be around. If
0: I could actually make an educated guess, I would say because cycling is consistent. It just, the deck does what it does. (laughs) You always, what are you going to do with that deck? You're always going to cycle. It's not, it's rare that you're just going to be like, oh, I have all this open mana and I can't do anything with it. No, what are you going to do? You just feel like the deck does something. So if you do that, then cycling will kind of always stick around in that way. And shout out to the one player, I believe uh, I believe it was in standard. Shout out to the one player, I can't remember who it was, but somebody played Grixis Ar- Arcanist, and I said, "Hey, I want to hang out with you." And then I looked, and I think they went, I think they went like one four or one five, and I was like, you know, just bad matchups. That's all it is, just bad matchups.
1: <laughs> I'm just wondering if they're the, the same people playing the cycling decks. Like, I wonder if the person that played it in standard played it in historic, and like if they'd be the people playing like the Astral Slide deck in in Legacy and stuff yeah
0: no. <laughs> that's a good point that's a good point i i i would have to look to see like yeah maybe there's somebody who's just like i'm a cycling specialist i played cycling in standard i played cycling in historic they have to be like, out see there how they do. Yeah. yeah
2: i think there was someone who played if you're a cycling i think specialist. there was someone who played sultai ultimatum in both standard and historic just like they had to be really sure which deck they selected when when going into the direct challenge <laughs>
0: Or it was just the same deck each time. Like, that's the ultimate flex. Now I'm, I'm bringing a standard deck into wow. a historic metagame. Here you yeah. go. This is how good I am. I mean, you Super are allowed flex. to
2: register the same 75. There are, well, 95. There are no banned cards.
0: See? There you nice. go. Sure. Just like that. Nicole, you look at the historic breakdown, you know, we saw, you know, cycling there. It's like, yes, jun Sack. But there was a lot of other like good decks that were sitting down there as well that, you know, that kind of showed their face uh, in the day one and day two. Is there something about the historic metagame breakdown? For me, it was just I really don't know all of that much about historic. I knew Jun Sack was the way to go, and that was the best deck. But watching it, I was just like, oh, this is a deck? Oh, that's a thing? Okay, that's pretty cool, too. That, That was my opinion of historic. What was your thoughts looking at the historic breakdown, too?
1: My eyes just keep going to the goblins there's like four percent of the field because those are those are the people who just like they, they're the they're the ride or dies for the goblins because you know, goblins it's fine right now it's all right it's terrible against the jundex so um <laughs> that's a, my, my my heart goes out to the the fellow goblin players because that would be me too because like they're like what are you playing historic? I'm just goblins i don't pick up anything else so <laughs>
0: that's true is that true of just any format doesn't matter what you're playing if you're playing like modern pre-modern you're playing legacy doesn't matter there's always going to be at least a handful of people like yeah no we're the goblin crew
1: yeah we're goblins like modern i i play tron and that's it so (laughs) it's me and caroline we'll play tron car until we're blue in the face and that's it i don't care you can show up and you can be like well the entire field is you know amulet or i don't care you know it just is I'm going to die a lot on turn two. At least my rounds will be over quickly and I can go get food. So darn
0: right. <laughs> darn right. And you know, Nick last like thoughts about the, the Kaldheim, you know, Kaldheim championship for, for you this past weekend was, you know, there's, there's a lot you could shock up to be like, well, maybe I made some gameplay mistakes. Others that was like, okay, well, no, there was some great, uh, you know, I just ran into some matchups as well. There's always a lot of different reasons that we can look back on, on the past weekend uh, what's one thing that you'll take with you as you continue on your competitive journey into hopefully now competing, maybe in a Strixhaven Championship later on?
2: It's it's pretty shallow, um, but th- I've 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 been I've played in a few um, of these online BDs before, and for me the thing that really that really did it for me was that I got a main feature, and it that had that had just been one of my goals because I I like one way that I've learn to play Magic competitively is to just obsessively watch Pro Tour coverage from the past few years. And like I, I have like favorite matches that I'll go back to um, that I'll watch on YouTube like when I when I want to ch- like learn something or even when I'm just feeling sad, like I'll just watch a Pro Tour coverage match. So the fact that there is now a YouTube video with my name on it, on the on the on the Magic Esports YouTube site just makes me feel so good, like like I achieved something and even though in that video i get completely crushed um because i multiply a bunch like it just it doesn't matter because like i'm just so happy that i get to be part of magic's history in that way
0: i don't think that's i don't like i don't think that's shallow at all Thanks, like Matt. that's kind of like it's if if anything it's like it's another notch in your competitive journey, right? Like we all have little things like, I want to get to this point or I want to get to this point. Or, I want to get to this point. And now you've, have got, have reached certain places, but one of the things you also want to reach is like, I wanted to be on a feature match and you did yeah. just that. I think that's something that is, that's the best part about looking back here. We can, you, you know, regardless of wins and losses, you can always find, stuff that you did well but there's also things that you know you're going to remember that are that are really cool like
2: yeah that. i mean not, not gonna lie I, i'm very disappointed in how in how the, the weekend went i mean to go 6-1 into 8-7 that means i went two and six on day two it really felt like something went wrong there i don't think i played badly um it, i i mulliganed a lot and i flooded out a lot but you know stuff like that happens it's happened to every pro player it will continue to happen and and at least that lets me set up my next goal which is to win a feature match
0: that's a good i like that i like yeah that's that's some wholesome stuff from inextrad on on the on the takeaways of the call time championship and there's plenty to take away from it and we were certainly rooting for him and everybody else that was participating in it and that just kind of leaves us with knowing uh you know What we want to do continuing on as we kind of finish the twilight of call time before Strixhaven releases, there's plenty to compete in, plenty of ways in which we can engage with the game of magic. Uh, But if we're going to do that, we always need to be looking at ways that we can improve as well. So as we finish out this section of the podcast, this edition of the podcast, I want to know what do my co-hosts want to do to get better at the game of magic and where can people find them doing it? Nicole, let's start with you.
1: Well, I am a lady of the crease on twitter so you can always find me there uh promoting my dog shamelessly in the mtg dogs competition <laughs> and i will be doing commentary this sunday for the game, gaming stadium standard 2k so make sure you tune in if you aren't already playing in it it should be a lot of fun
0: fantastic and nick what are you going to be doing to get better at the game of magic and where can people find you doing it
2: uh, well first of all you can find me at inextrad mtg on twitter um I'm not I haven't decided how much magic I'm going to play uh this weekend. I don't I might play the inside thing or try to qualify for the SEG thing. I think I actually might be casting the the gaming stadium thing as well. Um but I'm not 100% sure about that. Um what I do know is that um I would like to take it a, a little easy the next few days and probably like look into playing more battlegrounds like Caroline has been. Uh, just to wind down from the PT, cause like my, I like I was very invested in preparing for that tournament, and I think I'll probably chill out and draft if I don't try to join the the Strixhaven qualifier on Sunday.
0: Nice. That's, that sounds like a fantastic thing as well. Of course, if you want to find me on Twitter and Twitch, you can find me at Brasky 1142 on out of those platforms. I might be jumping in to do a little bit of casting at some point as well this oh, weekend. We're all, we're all we'll just, see. We're all just casting
2: yes. the, the gaming stadium stadiums. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: We we may or may not all be casting the gaming the no. gaming station thing. Who knows? You know, I I can neither confirm nor deny at this point if I'll be a part of that uh, yeah, casting. The, the, group the gaming as well.
2: stadium signature series featuring MDG Arena on Sunday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Yeah, yeah
0: who knows? <laughs> I mean, that that could be something that we might be doing. I mean, I can neither confirm nor deny. If people want to check that thing out, especially if they can. You know, find the event info on MTG Melee. Maybe you'll have uh, the dulcet tones of three people in yeah, this podcast. You know, whether, giving whether or not rundown of we're, we're all
2: go. going to be casting that event, definitely do check it out.
0: Exactly. <laughs> that is what we want people to know about that. Yes. And, of course, what am I going to do to get better at that? I'm going to get better at my segues out of these different sections so that we can make it for a smoother podcast next time. Although I like to think I'm pretty decent. There's always realm to improve as well. And of course, if you enjoy this podcast, you can make sure to, uh, you know, leave us a review on any podcasting platform that you listen to this on, whether that be just a few stars or you actually give us a written review as well. We always really appreciate it. You can always find out whether these episodes go live by following us on Twitter at Swagoi Gaming, S-W-A-G-O-I Gaming. And you can visit us at Swagoi.com to learn about all of our competitive teams, including Magic the Gathering, Hearthstone, Valorant, and more, including our content creators. We appreciate everybody who always listening who's always listen into this podcast and uh we're looking forward to uh the twilight of call time and looking forward to what's on the horizon for us as well in the world of magic the gathering as long as the next thing that's on that horizon is you listening to us next week we'll see you later Bye. bye Buddy, you are listening to the Easter egg part of Fam Friends and Magic. Why? Because we forgot to open a Time Spiral Remaster pack. So those of you that stayed through to the actual end of the podcast will now get to watch us open what is hopefully a really eventful Time Spiral remastered pack.
2: I just this calculated I, you, honestly. This is like very it's a, calculated. It's, it's oh, a time it. shifted pack opening. It's true. It's true. Nicole, Nicole,
0: I got to say, uh, you, you're doing great job with the Foley work here. You're like holding the pack up to the mic That's as you exciting. open it. I'm excited for it as well. Let's crack it open and see what we yes. get here.
1: We're, we got a good start. It's one of the voodoo on the outside. Nice. The cover. So The, doll. the doll
0: with the pokey things.
1: I feel like this could be Stuffy the... Doll. Uh, doll. Um, doll. It could just be like the time-shifted cart in here and it wouldn't matter. Like the other 15 cars are just, yeah, you know. Like, no, no, like, you, you there's a couple
2: like, of good ones like in there. Flagstones. So, care, um, should, mm-hmm. should, should Do you want to read them? Yeah. I think we
0: can. Ashes. I think we can. Yeah. We do we read all of them or do we just kind of go through just the uh, the uncommons in this one? Let's 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 burn through uh, the commons.
1: Oh well, that's fun.
2: Okay. There's empty an empty the, the warrants. warrants. Okay. so do the warrants. Okay. Yeah, I, I like that. I, uh, Actually, I I'm that gonna all see them. Thing, q site. I like this. I see well, some slivers. slivers. I see some other spots. It's far too out of focus for me. You got to read the for me. I know some of them from the, the image. Uh, ivory giant, nice. Uh, bewilder.
0: Yes, bewilders in there.
2: Uh, fire sliver. wake sliver? No, that's the mm-hmm. black white one. Uh, something green white. Uh, the green
0: white bad land. It's very <laughs> bad. It's not a good land.
2: Oh, what is that? Jodas is Avenger? That? Yes, Jodas Avenger. It, it's Jodas Joda.
1: Avenger.
0: Yeah. Nice. And now that gets us to.
2: Extirpate is the rare? Oh, all right, Extirpate just- is the rare. Yeah. Yeah. What is as our time-shifted card? Oh, Extirpate into?
1: Oh, that's a cool one.
2: Archivaraska? Cool.
1: There's, There's
2: another card here.
0: Time-shifted Archivaraska into? Oh, oh, a foil, flag oh, a foil, foil Flagstones of
1: foil
2: Flagstones of Tricare?
1: Wow, that's there you
2: go. Easy. I think that's one of the most expensive cards in the set. Don't tell me that. <laughs> no, it couldn't.
0: Flagstones? There's a reason why it's always called flagstones for I mean,
1: $4. I feel like all of the flags, uh, all of the foils are worth something.
2: What are you talking it's about? Like... It's, it's it's $55 on PG on well, player. Yeah.
1: Really? Yeah. Well, hot dang. $55 on that? Great.
0: That is just enough to cover my fee for this week.
1: And the goblin token.
0: And a oh, goblin, goblin It's <laughs> only appropriate that you get a goblin only token. only
1: appropriate we got the goblin token. The well, goblin tokens are go. pretty cool.
0: There so, you go, folks. We, right we, we we finished this part of the podcast and said we forgot to open up a Time Sparrow pack. People are going to be so <laughs> disappointed. But luckily for you, we remembered it. And luckily for uh, Nicole, we opened up a foil flagstones at Trocare. So yeah, it's win-win-win for everybody. It was a win-win. win. It's true. It's win, true. Win. And you know what? Everyone who listens to us, they're winners as well. It's true. Because it it, listening true. to Fam, Friends, and Magic is like opening up a pack of just general goodness. Like you feel great. Like, it, like in the rare, the rare is always in extra. Let's be honest. It's true. <laughs> okay.
1: Caroline's. Yeah.
0: Caroline's yeah, Caroline's, uh, Caroline's the foil rare. I'm usually like some of the bulk on commons is kind of where, where I, where I fit in on that side of things. And I think Nicole, you are probably just the huge stack of goblin tokens that you can make. <laughs> See,
1: yes, I am. The oh, one that it's. everybody knocks over is just on the table. like, Oh my God, why'd they leave the tokens there for? <laughs>
0: Well, we appreciate you folks for sticking around to the actual end of the podcast. And so uh, we wish you all a wonderful rest of the evening. And hopefully that your pack openings be just as awesome as that one. See you later. Bye. Bye.